Welcome to the Statesman Journal's Explore Oregon podcast. I'm your host, Zach Ernest, and in each episode, we highlight Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places. This podcast is brought to you by the American Forest Resource Council, supporting responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest. Learn more at amforest.org. We're also supported by Visit Tillamook Coast, a land of ocean and forest just an hour from the Willamette Valley that this winter is stressing the importance of being aware of king tides that will hit Oregon's beaches in December and January. The tides can be extremely dangerous and require extra caution from visitors. We'll talk more about king tides just a little bit later in the show. Finally, the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department is asking Oregonians to unlock their creativity with poetry, drawings, photos, and songs inspired by the state's most beautiful places. You can submit your work as part of the Oregon State Parks Centennial Creative Challenge. It's all part of the celebrations honoring 100 years of state parks in Oregon. You can find out more at stateparks.oregon.gov. All right, in today's episode, we're talking about something that could not be more fun, surfing on the Oregon coast and how to make it happen. But first, here's some guitar music to get us rolling. All right, in this episode, we are going to tell you everything you need to know about getting started with surfing on the Oregon coast. Yes, it's winter, but it turns out that's no obstacle to learning to catch a wave as our outdoor intern Mackenzie Elliott discovered on her latest adventure that involved taking some surfing lessons out in Newport. So Mackenzie, how's it going? Are you now officially a surf bum? Hey, Zach. Well, I don't know if I can officially consider myself a surf bum after only one lesson, but I do got to say I could see myself getting hooked. It was really a lot of fun. Okay, so you're going to have an interview coming up uh, pretty quick where you talk with the owner of Aussie's Surf Shop on everything you need to know about surfing. And that is the bulk of this podcast. But I'm curious, you know, for you, what stuck out the most? Like what, what surprised you about surfing? Well, I think honestly, I was shocked to learn how popular and accessible surfing really is in Oregon. You know, getting in the ocean isn't exactly what I think of when I think of taking a trip to the Oregon coast, especially, you know, in November. But a lot of people really enjoy surfing Oregon's beaches, and you don't necessarily have to plan a trip to Hawaii or California to go out and catch some waves. And then I guess the other major takeaway for me was just the fact that this was really fun. You know, of course, it was scary at first, but really it was just such a magical experience to be in the Pacific Ocean in November, catching these waves on like this beautiful, gorgeous, sunny day. It really couldn't have been any more perfect. Well, given that you were out there surfing at the same time, people were putting up Christmas decorations. I think it was snowing in the Cascades uh, while you were doing this. I mean, were you actually warm enough? Like, honestly, were you actually warm? Yeah, so that was something I was really worried about, especially I remember waking up the morning of my lesson to frost on the ground outside. (laughs) And I was just thinking, oh, my gosh, what am I getting myself into But once I got there and I got that wetsuit on with the gloves and the boots, I was like completely fine. And, you know, the big test was walking into the water, but I was still nice and toasty the entire time in the water. And it also helps that you're working out while you're in the water. So you're keeping yourself warm and you're keeping yourself moving. So I was totally fine. All right. Well, why don't you give us a little taste of what's going to be in this interview? 
Yeah, so I sat down and talked with Dan Haschelschwart, who is the owner of Aussie Surf Shop in Newport, and he was also the instructor for my lesson. And so we really just dove into what makes Oregon such an interesting place to surf, and then also what it takes to get started surfing. So like taking lessons and buying gear. And then we also just talked about why surfing is so cool and why people seem to really love it. Okay, looking forward to it. All right, today I am joined by Dan Haschel-Schwart, who is the owner of Aussie's Surf Shop in Newport, which is where I happen to take my first ever surfing lesson. So, hey, Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Yeah, well, I'm super excited to have you here with me today because we are going to talk about all things surfing and specifically surfing on the Oregon coast. And thankfully, I do think you're the man to talk to. Uh, but I'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Well, I'm Dan, and I'm the owner and operator of Aussie Surf Shop for the past 20-plus years. And we offer, you know, surfing equipment as well as lessons. We do group lessons for lots of different groups around the, the state and, and other states. And, yeah, all things surfing. So I've been here surfing pretty much every swell we've seen for the past 20 plus years. Awesome. And so what kind of inspired you to get into surfing? You know, I, I saw surfing as a, as a young kid and, uh, and never had the opportunity to do it. Uh, when I was about 12 years old, I saw surfing on a family vacation to North Carolina, and I was always into snowboarding and skateboarding, and surfing is something I always wanted to try, and when I ended up uh, moving to Oregon, I was super jazzed about snowboarding and and learning how to surf, and this is where I learned to surf. Awesome. So yeah, let's get into surfing on the Oregon coast. I know the first time that I learned that people actually surfed the Oregon coast, it was a little bit of a shock to me, considering I don't even like swimming in the Oregon coast. It's a little too cold for me. So what's unique about surfing in Oregon compared to some more famous places like maybe Hawaii or California? Yeah, well, I'd say what's unique to Oregon is is the weather conditions. Um, and, and that's probably three different things in my mind uh one the temperature obviously it's not as warm as a lot of places so people don't don't think about surfing in colder climates but but it definitely surfing is going around on in most cold climates the wetsuits are so awesome now they keep you really warm and they're comfortable to wear and and then the other things that make uh Oregon unique is we just get a ton of swell we get lots and lots of waves and big waves and um in places like Florida and the east coast they often wait days and days and for the, the waves to get big enough to surf whereas here in the winter time we can wait days and days for the waves to get small enough to surf um, because of those two things another thing that's unique with Oregon is uh, it's changing as of late but you get a lot less crowds there's a lot less people surfing than in other places but boy oh boy since the pandemic uh, our crowds here have really increased um, and now we've got some pretty popular busy beaches yeah, is that what you're seeing in Newport? Have you noticed a lot more business too for you guys as well? Yeah, the pandemic um, was really uh, a boon to the surfing business as as it was to lots of outdoor businesses. And, you know, we're only a few years out from that. So there's definitely a lot more people participating in surfing here on the Oregon coast. Awesome. And so for maybe someone who is looking into getting into surfing, how do they get started? Would you recommend starting with a surf lesson? Yeah, I think a lesson's really critical, and I and I say that I'm not a person who 
often gets lessons. You know, I learned to skate and snowboard and even surf without any lessons. But when I learned to surf, you know, I started with a shortboard and and it took me about a year and a half to just kind of get the basics down. So what I say is when you get a lesson, we're going to teach you in two hours what it would take you two years of fumbling around by yourself trying to figure it out. Yeah. And so what would a typical surf lesson for a total beginner look like? What should people expect? Well, um, what we typically do is we look at the forecast, you know, a couple days ahead. And if you have any flexibility in your schedule, that's ideal. And we can help pick a time and a date where the swell and the tide and the wind are all going to be conducive to learning to surf. And then once once we've got a time picked out, um, you'll meet at the surf shop there. We'll get you sized up for your wetsuit, your boots, gloves, hood and walk across the street with your instructor and we do a few minutes of discussion on the beach talking about uh, hazards and things to look out for we practice some different techniques and then it's kind of time to take to the water and start trying to ride waves yeah and so you know i did that with you and i tried it of course you were giving instruction but a lot of it was learned in the water just trying it out and so is that something that is really just how you have to learn how to surf by doing it yeah, yeah, you, you definitely have to get out in the ocean with the gear on and feel the waves smashing you and getting you wet and, and you know, fall and go underwater and, and try and fail several times before you start to really feel it out. And, um, uh, those, um, I, you know, I'm always uh, surprised at how someone who can hardly even lay on the board at the beginning of the lesson is standing up and riding waves by the end of the lesson. The progression goes pretty quick when you're with an instructor. Yeah. And so what are some things that people commonly struggle with when they're first learning? Well, I think finding the the same position and the correct position on the board when you're laying on the board can be a real challenge because you're going to be on and off the board multiple times, maybe a hundred times in a two hour session. And if you're not on the same exact spot on the board, board will never start to feel familiar. Uh, another thing I see uh, beginners doing is they're super excited to catch a wave. So they paddle, paddle, paddle. And as soon as the wave touches the board, they spring to their feet, which is too early. You actually have to wait till the board kind of gets picked up by the wave and then your momentum drops into the wave. Then you stand up so that you're in the front of the wave rather than uh, missing the wave by trying to stand up too early. Yeah, I think that's just from my experience, I think that's something that was difficult to figure out because I believe at first I was kind of waiting too late to stand up and then and then I started standing up too early and that didn't work either. So it was really all about finding that just that perfect spot of when you can stand. Like you said, it's probably really experimental in figuring out what works. Yeah, and when you've got an experienced instructor watching you and giving you real-time feedback after each wave, you know, that's that's the best feedback and the best way you're going to progress quickly. Yeah, absolutely, because like I I had no idea what I was doing out there, so it really helped to have someone be able to coach me and actually tell me what needed to be changed or what was going right or what was going wrong. So taking a lesson definitely helped. How long does it take to get better? And also, what does getting better look like in terms of surfing? Well, I think how long it takes depends on how much time you put into it. You know, I heard Mm -hmm. someone told me once that 10,000 hours is what it takes to become a master of any skill. So you could cram three surf sessions a day in and get better, you know, in a year. But often people will go, you know, 
once every couple weekends and then and the progression takes a lot longer yeah and so i know aussies offers I, you guys have a three-day surf school is that something that you would recommend doing because you're able to get out in the water multiple days in a row and kind of build on what you have been working on yeah definitely if you want to get you know uh multiple days of practice and coaching you know I, I don't think there's a better substitute than, you know, our surf school because it's three days in a row. The instructors get to know you and what you're working on. And yeah, the progression within, you know, two hours is amazing. After three days in a row, it's, it's really uh, a leap forward. You had asked, uh, what does getting better at surfing, you know, what does being good look like? And there's some basic skills that you need. And, and one of them is, you know, being able to read the wave and know, which waves to paddle for and when to stand up. Once you get up, you need to turn to the left or the right so that you're riding the wave, not just going straight. And then once you're riding the wave, you can you can fade up to the top and use that energy to then drop back in. And you can cut back and stay in the pocket of the wave, kind of do little what we call roller coaster and figure eight turns, S turns, that kind of thing. Once you can do that proficiently, now I would say that you know you're you're kind of past that beginner stage. You're into that intermediate stage where you can you can actually ride waves and make the most of them. Yeah, and so once you kind of get to that stage, you know maybe past the beginner stage or maybe beginner as well. But how much does it cost to be well outfitted and equipped, especially here in Oregon? I think it's pretty necessary to have a wetsuit, especially in the winter. You know, I had on a nice wetsuit from you guys and gloves and booties and they kept me really warm. But how much does it cost to buy all this gear for yourself and get started? Yeah, well, you, you definitely need a wetsuit year round. In fact, the water in the summertime can be colder because of the currents and the upwelling and stuff. And then the air in the winter is colder. So um, you always want to have a wetsuit in Oregon. And and they kind of range. Uh, we, we've got a great selection of new and used everything, wetsuits, boots, uh, surfboards. So, yeah, so equipment costs, if you went all used, you know, you could probably get a wetsuit, boots, and a board for around five or 600 bucks. Of course, that's going to be used equipment that has maybe not as warm and not as conducive to learning. If you went with brand new stuff, you know, and you got the really high end, you could, you could probably spend 2,500 bucks. So it's, it's a wide range. I'd say most people can get outfitted with real nice brand new stuff for probably a thousand dollars. Okay. And do you recommend renting gear when you're first starting out just to kind of maybe see what you like or what works best for you? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot to be said for being able to try different wetsuits, different surfboards. You know, we rent wetsuits that are, are non-hooded and we rent wetsuits that have the attached hoods. We also rent surfboards from like five foot surfboards all the way up to 10 foot surfboards and everything in between hardboards, softboards, and yeah, it's good to good to kind of get a feel for what you might want before you buy something. Yeah, and so what do you recommend for a beginner in terms of boards? I think I was on a long board that was, you know, softer material and it was also bigger. Do you recommend something like that for a beginner or is it kind of up to the person? Well, it's it's kind of up to the person, but I I definitely recommend everyone start on a long board and if if safety of your of your yourself or the people around you is a concern then soft boards is, is a good idea um, soft boards are also real durable you don't have to worry about them breaking and stuff if you drop them so I think like a, a soft longboard is is probably the the best 
way to, to start surfing. This message is brought to you by Visit Tillamook Coast. The Pacific Ocean's king tides of winter are one of the most impressive sights on the Oregon coast, but they can also be a deadly hazard. Visit Tillamook Coast wants visitors who head out to the beach to be aware of the king tides that are expected to hit coastal areas November 24th through the 26th, December 22nd through the 24th, and January 20th through the 22nd. When king tides hit, it's important for visitors to observe waves from a distance. Normally, when visiting the ocean, the big rule of thumb is don't turn your back on the ocean. In the case of king tides, however, you don't want to go anywhere near the ocean. Three guidelines to focus on include staying off beaches during king tide events, staying off low-lying areas such as jetties or parking areas close to the beach, and staying off cliffs that can suddenly crumble when hit by powerful waves. For more information on king tides, visit www.oregonkingtides.net. Once again, www. Dot Oregon King Tides, all one word, dot net. I'm Sarah Gafori with American Forest Resource Council, and we're proud to sponsor the Explore Oregon podcast. I moved to Oregon because of my love for the outdoors. It also inspired me to go to law school and pursue a career in environmental law. At AFRC, I have the pleasure of advocating for science-based forest management throughout the West. Protecting our public lands helps achieve important conservation goals, including clean air, clean water, and robust wildlife habitat. It also helps provide renewable, climate-friendly wood products that we all depend on. We strongly believe that active management of our public lands is the right thing to do for the environment, for the economy, and for our future. Learn more about AFRC at amforest.org. Okay, and so now you have all your gear, right? Where do you go on the Oregon coast? Do you have some spots that are good for beginners specifically? that they could try out surfing? Yeah, I'd say the two best beginner spots here on the Central Oregon coast are right across the street from our surf shop at Agate Beach um, and then about four miles north at Otter Rock. Both of those beaches have protection from the north winds that we get all summer long, so even on windy days, the beach can be nice and warm and glassy. And uh, they're all sand bottom, no, no real rock features to be concerned with, and both great places to learn to surf. Awesome. And then for maybe someone who is a little bit more experienced and can, you know, maybe is in an intermediate advanced level, do you have any spots that you would point out for those people? You know, I just, Agate and Otter are, are great for beginner to expert. And what's cool about Oregon is you can actually do a little exploring and, you know, you can surf pretty much any beach anywhere in the world if there's a wave that looks appealing to you. So we don't, we don't really talk about other spots than Agate and Otter just because we want to preserve those other beaches for people who are out exploring and, you know, maybe have found a wave that they're enjoying all by themselves. And, and that's kind of one of the special things about surfing in Oregon is um, when you, once you get out away from the, the main spots, you can start to really 
do some exploring and find little secret waves and, and enjoy them to yourselves for a few days before other people see you surfing and then run out there and surf with you. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm sure there are a ton of spots along the coast that people can go out and explore. So my next question is, what advice do you have for someone who might be interested in surfing, but just needs a little help getting through some of those fears? You know, I love the ocean, but for me, it was still terrifying to get into the water, especially in the winter, because I knew it was cold. I, you know, knew the waves were bigger than what I was thinking when they were coming in. And of course, you know, the whole time you're thinking about what's in the water, if there's sharks and whatnot. And so I was just, you know, how does someone work to put all of that aside and just kind of get in the water and try it out? Well, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the things that hold us back from anything in life are, are you know, they're kind of mental roadblocks and mental chains that we put on ourselves. And, you know, I just, I like to remind myself most of the things that I worry about don't happen because I'm worried about them and I'm making sure they don't happen. So, yeah, just go for it, you know, let go of the control and try a new experience and a, and you know, two hours later after your first lesson, I've been doing this for 20 plus years. I've never had anyone say they wish they hadn't done that. I've had people say things like that was really fun. I don't think it's for me, but but I've never had anyone say I wish I hadn't put that wetsuit on and went surfing. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think that it's something that anybody can struggle with with any sport or anything new, really. So that's really good advice. Just in your opinion, why is surfing such a great sport to get involved in? Oh, there's, you know, I think there's, there's very few things in life that connect us to nature. And when you become an avid surfer, or even a, or even try it for one time, you know, you, you don't get to bring your, your cell phone out there and you're no longer the, the apex predator in the environment. You're leaving your environment, you're leaving your electronics, you're leaving your technology all on shore. And you're, you're kind of letting go and going with the flow of the universe and of nature and, you know, there's a, there's something primordial about that that I think is really something that people are looking for in, in today's modern society that is hard to find. And um, beyond that, it's just great exercise for the, the mind, the body, and the soul. And, and you also can do it for your entire life. You know, it's a lifetime sport. There's people surfing well into their 70s and 80s. So it all, you know, the one last thing I'd say is it's a leave no trace. You know, we're not damaging anything by surfing. We're leaving the environment the way we found it. You know, when we go and surf a bunch of waves and go home, the, the ocean's no better or worse for it. So those are some of the things that, that I that I really love about surfing. Yeah, definitely. And I, I could feel that too. Just, I mean, even the first time I tried it, it was, you feel all those things and it's, it's really fun. Can anyone of any age go out and surf? I know you guys do a lot with like local kids in the area. Is it a good sport for kids to try? Is it a good sport maybe if you're a little older to try? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any wrong time to try it. Obviously, like if you're, you know, um, we had one woman that I can remember, she was in her 80s and she decided to do this three-day surf school and she did great day one and day two. And she called us on day three and said she had twisted her knee in the garden and so she couldn't make it for day three. But um, there was someone who was in their 80s that was going out for the first time. And, and uh, you know, my son, he he started surfing when he was about one and a half, two years old. He was already out of wetsuit, and I was taking him out and stuff. So I, I think it's uh, it's a lifetime sport, and it's never too early or too late to get started. And then maybe could you talk about a little bit 
you know, we talked about this uh, um, when I was at the beach, but you offer the surf school to local kids in the area. Can you tell me a little bit more about that program that you do? Yeah, well, geez, over the 20 years um, that we've been, you know, here in the in the Central Oregon Coast community, we, we've done so many things. We've, we've worked with 4-H, we've worked with Boys and Girls Clubs, we've worked with YMCAs, we work with OMSI, has a Camp Gray down here in Newport. My background was as a middle school teacher, so I feel like I'm still teaching. It's just a more enjoyable curriculum of surfing that I teach now. Yeah, we, we give lots of uh, discounts and, and volunteer hours and incentives to get all these kids in the water, get them stoked, and and uh, hopefully get them hooked on surfing. Yeah, that's awesome. And has it been pretty rewarding to see these kids kind of get involved in a sport that maybe they wouldn't have been able to? It has been. It has been. And, uh, you know, I've always had there And surfing, it's, it's kind of interesting. Surf, waves are a finite resource. If if you and I go surfing and we're going to be out there for two hours, there's a number of waves that's going to come through in those two hours. Let's say it's, let's say it's a hundred waves that's going to come through in those two hours. And out of those hundred, um, 50 of them are rideable. And out of those 50, 25 of them are good, be really good waves. So you and I are out there and there's going to be 25 good waves. That means I get about 12 and you get about 12. Well, if there's 30 people out there, that means maybe we all get one wave or maybe the best person gets 10 waves while the rest of us pick off the other remaining waves. And because of that piece of surfing where it is a, it is a resource that is not endless, there's an etiquette to surfing and, and that's an important thing to learn as well. You know, whose turn is it? When do you go? When does someone else go? Um, these kind of things. Yeah, that's great. And that kind of leads into something that I was going to ask is what what are other skills besides just the physical surfing that you learn from getting out in the water and and trying out surfing? Yeah, so there's the etiquette of surfing, you know, the rules of surfing in a crowd with people is is one of the things that that you learn. Part of that etiquette is even is kind of keeping things a secret. Like uh, you would ask me, you know, where would I send more experienced surfers? And and I kind of dodged that question and said, well, we don't really talk about that because if I find a wave on my drive home and it's a really good wave and then you surf it by yourself one day and then you tell one of your buddies and the two of you surf it the next day and then he tells one of his buddies and next thing you know, there's 25 people out there, <laughs> you know. So so some of the things that you learn uh, the longer that you surf is is about keeping those spots kind of a secret amongst your close friends and you know, like I said, the etiquette of surfing is another thing that, that you learn. And for me, being 47 years old, I started surfing in my 20s. And it just gives me uh, a reason to eat better and to stretch more and to jog and to swim and to stay in shape so that I'm ready when the waves are good. Yeah, it's definitely a full body workout. That's something that I learned. I was very sore the next day. My arms were really tired. Would you recommend it as if, you know, if someone wants to pick up a hobby to stay in shape, would you recommend surfing? I would, yeah. I like to say when I'm out surfing trying to catch a wave, you know, I'm I'm just focused on the moment and and trying to get that wave. I'm not thinking about how hard I'm working. Versus if I go to a gym, um I start working out, I would I would never push myself as hard in a gym as I do when I'm surfing. And when I'm surfing, it's just passion and, and excitement that's driving me rather than, you know, being determined to work harder or something like that. 
Yeah, definitely. I could see how that it, and in the moment, it didn't feel like I was pushing my body super hard until I think I, you know, pulled the board up onto the beach. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, my arms are like, so tired. But it was fun. It was a fun way to work out. Yeah, you did a lot of paddling out there. And, and you did a great job. You know, you, I, I remember watching you go from, you know, kind of like, oh, I can't believe we're doing this and trying to find your place on the board to actually like standing up and riding waves all the way to the beach. So yeah, I think that was the craziest part for me was just going into it having like zero knowledge of what to do and being a little overwhelmed and being a little scared and being like, I don't know, I, how why did I get myself into this? To then just, you know, like actually doing it and that like you feel very accomplished the first time you, you know, you stand up maybe. It was like, whoa, I'm doing this. This is crazy. And then afterwards, you know, you're so tired, but you're like really happy that you pushed yourself. And so it was a really cool experience for me. It was definitely something I would try out again. Is there anything else that, you know, you think is really important to know about surfing in general? Maybe some more advice for people looking to get started. Anything else you want to add? Well, yeah, I was I was just saying that, you know, I often say that uh, surfing's not bowling. Like when you get tired, it's time to get out. You shouldn't be pushing yourself in this ocean environment past the point of, of staying safe. And when you do get in the ocean, you should always know what the swell and the wind and the forecast are and and if that's going to be a safe conditions or not. Because there's some days, you know, the last two days here on the coast, we had, uh, you know, we had 50 knot winds last night. That would not be the time to go surfing. That'd be very dangerous. So, so yeah, as long as you, as long as you know what the weather conditions are and you're going out of the spot that is friendly to your skill set, I think you're just going to have a load of, load of fun. Yeah. And then for, you know, maybe again on those beginners who've only surfed a few times, would you just recommend checking in with a local surf shop or somewhere? Would they know, you know, yeah, these are okay conditions to go out in or would that be a good way of checking for someone who's like, I don't know if this is good to go out? For sure. Yeah, that that's a, that's a great way to check with the local surf shop and they should be able to tell you if the conditions are going to be safe for the day. Awesome. When is the best time for people to surf on the Oregon coast? Is it is winter really one of the best times to surf? Because I've heard that winter is the best time to surf some places. Is that not the case on the Oregon coast? Winter is probably the worst time to surf. Um, but that being said, it's because you're you're kind of wading in between storms. So winter becomes a little trickier to find good good days to surf. As we get into summer, summer is, you know, probably a good day to surf for, for three months, June, July, August, most of September, going to be pretty mellow usually. If you just want to, like, go whenever and be carefree and go surf some small mellow waves, then summertime is the best for that. So it really depends. You know, that's what's cool about surfing. It's so many things to so many people. Some people ride big waves. Some people ride short boards. Some people ride long boards, some people ride small waves, you know, it's, it's just got kind of everything, a lot to offer to different, different people, different desires. Yeah. Winter, there's days that nobody should be in the ocean because it's very dangerous and you got to really be conscious of that and pick the days that are good. Like we did. Um, whereas summertime, it's kind of more small waves, mellow sunshine, and a little bit easier to kind of go, hey, I'm going to go surfing for the next three days. Like, for instance, our summer surf school, we only do that in the summer because you, you really couldn't do it in the winter. But but it's always a good idea to check the forecast and know what you're getting into before you jump in the ocean. 
All right, Dan. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today about surfing and also for taking the time to teach me how to surf last week. I really had a lot of fun um, and it was good to hear from you. Awesome. Well, thanks for, uh, yeah, thanks for trusting us to get you out in the ocean and, uh, and uh, look forward to seeing you in the waves again in the future. All right. Well, that's about all the time we have left in today's show. If you liked what you've heard, check out our catalog of more than 60 episodes featuring Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places at statesmanjournal.com explore, along with Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. We'd once again like to thank our sponsors, beginning with the American Forest Resources Council. AFRC supports responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest for our environment, for our economy, and for the future. Learn more at amforest.org. We'd also like to thank Visit Tillamook Coast. If you want to plan a trip out there, you can check out their outdoor recreation map that shows all the places to hike, swim, boat, and camp. You can find that map at tillamookcoast.com slash recreation hyphen map. Once again, that's tillamookcoast.com slash recreation hyphen map. And thanks to the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department, which stresses the importance of recreating responsibly and leaving no trace in Oregon's outdoors. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time for the next edition of the Explore Oregon podcast.